Hey everybody, it is Misty and Lisa here with Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less. And we're dropping into your uh, your library unexpectedly um, with a bonus. Oh yeah. Bonus mini. So um, it is March. Nope. May 30th. <laughs> Two months. Have it is May 30th. It's May 30th. Our um, country has seen a couple days of unrest and protests. And um, we wanted to, Provide some feedback, uh, not really feedback, but more resources. We wanted to reach out. So this episode is predominantly for our white listeners. Of course, black indigenous people of color, you are welcome to listen to this episode. Um, but this episode is not intended for you. It's to ha- uh, help our white listeners have some ideas and some resources on how to show up, how to show up for our black indigenous and people of color, um, neighbors, friends relatives, community members, citizens, um, and just so how we can be better white allies in this moment. Exactly. And when the protests started in Minnesota and then around the country, Lisa and I immediately hopped on the phone and I said, hey, should we get a guest from Black Lives Matter on the podcast? Who can we have on for a conversation? And in brainstorming that, you know, Lisa and I very quickly realized and remembered from our own research that the burden of educating the non-oppressed group should never be put on the group that's being oppressed. So this is why Lisa and I have done our own research and are taking the burden upon ourselves to have a conversation with our fellow members of this group that is privileged white people, people who have white skin and are identify as Caucasian and enjoy that privilege. Just to have some resources, as Lisa said, to show up for for racial justice. And um, so that's why it's coming from us and not a guest. And we're going to do our best. This is by no means an exhaustive no. Lister episode. But our hope is that after listening to this, you feel more comfortable about taking action. You have a place to start. You have a place to start. And we are, we actually have things that are very easy, up to medium, up to hard that we'll walk you through in just a second. But a la the book that we covered, How to Get Your Life Together Ish, where each of the areas and like challenges had an easy task, a medium task and a hard task. And so we wanted to give you things that you could do within seconds up to like minutes or hours or even the rest of your life as you journey with us to be a better white ally. Exactly. And uh, that was Lisa's brilliant idea to structure it that way, which I love because we are in the midst of a global pandemic and our mental bandwidth and our resources or childcare resources or our free time is very different than it was a few months ago. So one thing I just want to address up at the top before we start is that over the last few days, I've heard a few times from close friends, their concerns about, first of all, their desire to speak up and End white silence, because if we are silent, we are complicit. Silence never, ever benefits the group that the injustice is being done to. Silence 
only benefits the oppressors. So hearing a lot of desire to want to speak up, to want to um, use their white privilege to elevate this issue and and talk to other people, a lot of my close white friends have expressed concern about wanting to make sure that they aren't coming off as a white savior. And so I just want to address what a white savior is up at the top so that you can sort of take that philosophy and apply it to the resources that are coming up and that maybe it will make you feel more comfortable getting involved in the conversation. So first of all, I say good for anyone who's thinking about this. These kind of conscious and aware thoughts are great. And also let's give ourselves permission to not be perfect at it because this is not something that is taught. Um, We and we kind of absorb this privilege throughout our life. And so now to kind of become aware and make this shift is going to require mistakes and that's okay. Yeah. And also as we release the next few weeks books, we have some really important big books coming out. We have learned that there's not really a perfect way to be an ally or a supporter or a co-conspirator. Sometimes you will make one part of a movement feel heard and listened to and supported, and it will offend another part of the group. It's it's just the messy, complex nature of these complex systems we are fighting against and trying to dismantle. Mm-hmm. And in my view, the only truly wrong thing you can do is not act. Mm-hmm. So saying that, I, I want to I want to just quickly define what the term white savior refers to if you're hearing that for the first time so that we can address that. So the term white savior refers to a white person who provides help to non-white people in a self-serving manner. It can also be thought of as the continued portrayal of white people as the heroes of every story. Yeah. And also the the website and also the um, Instagram feed that you can follow, No White Saviors, is really helping center this um, argument in terms of actual <laughs> harm that is perpetrated and leading up to death. Uh, specifically, there's a yes. lawsuit about a woman who funded a 501c3 and then went to Africa. She has no medical training, but she was performing medical procedures on black orphan children. Um, some of which who died. So this is how we tolerate this white savior aspect in that they meant well, they were trying to do good, but it, it really just is setting up this inequality and how we value black lives less and thus the need for a black lives matter movement because people are allowed to go to faraway places to do and um, quote unquote save and be the savior. And when in their own hometowns, I'm sure there are inequalities that aren't yet um, uh, rectified. Yeah. And I imagine that a lot of you listening who especially are hearing this for the first time, just like I did when I first heard it, have a lot of questions about this. Like, okay, well then when is it okay to give help to a foreign country or a third world country or to people who have a different skin color than I have? How can I do better? What does that look like? All of those questions are answered in a the frequently asked questions list on nowhitesaviors.org. So the last thing I'll say is Lisa and I have tried to make this really easy. If you go to show notes, every single thing we reference in this episode, there is a link to it and show notes. So it, it is as easy as clicking with one thumb or index finger. I don't want to presume to know how you click 
to find out more about this, to get involved, to follow a few more intersectional social media accounts. So we're trying to make it really, really easy. This does not have to be Mm -hmm. this huge daunting thing. It can be just by the nature of it, but it doesn't, you know, there are steps you can take quickly and now. And the, the one last thing I'll say about the most helpful ways to show up, especially if you're a white person who is wanting to get involved in the conversation and, and your white silence is that anytime you, you post on social media, a good checkpoint that I like to use is to see if I can exclude the word I in my post. So if I am saying like, well, my experience was with it is this. And then when I donated, I felt so great. Da, da, da. That's centering the conversation around me and my feelings. And that is the opposite of what is most helpful in this conversation. It should always be about the events happening, the action we can take. It should not be about us because it's not about us, everybody. It's about the people being oppressed. Um, so yeah, I challenge everybody to just see if you can exclude the word I. I love it. Misty, do you want to run through some amazing organizations where people can donate money? I would love to. And by the way, even if it is $1, $1. You can get involved and donate. It makes a difference because if a hundred thousand people gave $1, yeah. that's really helping. So, and there are links to all of this right there in your pocket, baby. We have, we have a lot. The National Council for Incarcerated and Formerly Incarcerated Women and Girls, the NAACP, the Southern Poverty Law Center, the United Negro College Fund, the Black Youth Project, the Sentencing Project, Families Against Mandatory Minimums, A New Way of Life, Dream Defenders, the ACLU, Black Lives Matter, Showing Up for Racial Justice. And they, a lot of these organizations, by the way, have local chapters. So you can literally find Showing Up for Racial, Racial Justice Los Angeles or Cincinnati, Black Visions Collective, the Minnesota Freedom Fund, and the North Star Health Collective. And those last three are specific to Minneapolis and what's happening right now. Then you can also automate giving if you're someone who's like, hey, I want to feel like I'm doing my part every month. You could send up, you could set up a $10 recurring payment and never think about it. Mm-hmm. And then Rachel Cargill had the wonderful suggestion of you can also join some of these email lists and take actions as their emails dictate. Yeah. Um, there's also, it's still in our easy, very easy. Uh, it takes a few seconds. Mm-hmm. Still in our easy. We invite you to um, diversify your social media feeds. And we're going to focus just on Instagram. These are feeds that we find um, educational, informational, and um, uplifting as well. Sometimes the information is, yeah. is difficult to ingest, but also we feel empowered by having this information. Yeah, they, a lot of them give, give, I find personally give me language to express what I'm feeling or to have a really civilized conversation with somebody who comes and tries to switch tracks. Like, well, what about white people dying? And I'm like, oh, I know how to answer this now because I follow these accounts. Yeah. So it's helpful. Rachel Cargill obviously is brilliant. There's Teach and Transform, which we've talked about on our podcast before. Um, Indigenous Rising, No White Saviors, which we mentioned earlier in this, um, bonus episode. The Conscious Kid, the Zen Education Project, which gives daily, like on this day in American history, which is really helpful for um, unlearning your whitewashed history from from uh, school. Citizen Well, amazing, um, which is also uh, great about tackling what's currently happening. The Equality Institute, which is great for data, they provide a lot of data and showing up for racial justice. 
uh, as well as like there's white people for black lives, which um, yeah is wonderful too. And they also have local chapters. Yeah. And there are so many more, but this is just one to get you started. Just peruse, see what resonates with you. Follow some people who have different experience. And there are really, you know, Rachel Cargill is doing amazing and prolific work on Instagram and really helping me understand a lot of the issues in a nuanced way. So the rest uh, that we have uh, could be medium or hard, depending on your own comfort and your own social anxiety and your own time constraints. So the first things that we think are super helpful, and this could be very hard, is you can start to have conversations with your friends and your family. Become vocal. End your silence. Start posting on social media. Condemn blatant police brutality and murder when it happens. And also, we were thinking some books, reading some books to expand your knowledge. And we know that's a time commitment and can have a lot of information. But some books that we recommend are White Fragility. Which, guess what? We're going to be covering in a couple weeks. So White Fragility, if you haven't had the chance, um, we recommend it. But we'll also be covering it in a couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, Between the World and Me. So you want to talk about race and Indigenous People's History of the United States. And then we've also linked in show notes an anti-racist reading list from the New York Times and a list of racial justice books for white people from showing up for racial justice. So you, it's really at your leisure and speed what speaks to you. We also already covered I'm Judging You by Levy Ajay. So if you don't have time, but you do have time for an hour-long podcast, you can listen to some of the bright insights that she um, offered in that book, although it's a must-read. It's so good. And you know what I love about that book? It's so funny. Yes. Like, I think we always think that these conversations about race and these hard topics are just going to be, like, depressing and heavy, but it's so funny. Yes. So that that episode uh, that episode was pretty early on in the podcast, I think, in the first six months. So it's there. It's ready for you. And Lovey, Lovey Ajay, is a wonderful person to also follow on Instagram. I also want to offer up um, the 1619 Project from the New York Times which is an incredible piece of work that was nominated for uh, a Pulitzer, I think it was, um, which is all about slavery in the United States and a deep look into what we didn't really ever learn. And it is so good. It's a podcast series. You could, I think you can also read it, but it's really beautiful um, aud- audibly because they take you to the places where you can hear the waves crashing on the beach and, and things like that. So I recommend that as well. I love that. Yeah, there's, by the way, there's a lot of amazing podcasts from people of color. Listen, again, it's on us to do this research and find this stuff out. If you have questions, Google baby, you've got the, the power of the entire internet (laughs) in your hands, in your pocket, in front of you. You can do this. We can all do this. I will add, I'm just thinking of it in the moment. It was a three part series called On Being White. And it was a while ago and I loved it so much. And it really kind of started me on my journey. I would say maybe three years ago. Um, it was wonderful. And I'll find that and put that link in there too. It's a podcast as well. It was a three part podcast. I'll f- yeah. Uh, uh, and it was this one man's journey and he talks with his African American colleague and he really just talks, he kind of describes like, whiteness and they do a great exploration of how race came about. It's really, it was really wonderful. And so I'll, I'll put that in there too. And I'll be listening. So if any of you are, I'm going to 
download that as soon as this episode's over. I'll be listening too. I let's talk about it. Slide into my DMs, baby. Okay, slide into our DMs. Okay. Um, okay. So we we want you to explore your own inherent biases and where they come from. I am going to put a link into the Harvard um, um, bias in a detector. It's like a really cool test that you can take and it has all different iterations. It has, um, towards people of color, towards different religions. There's a fat bias that you can take. And basically you're just clicking on words. Um, and it's, it's wonderful. And you, you participate and it just adds to their body of research. You don't have to, you know, you can lie about your, it doesn't take personal information, but it does collect like your age, your race and um, your gender. And so I, I really, I do like that because it does unearth these inherent biases that you aren't aware you have because we live in the society that we live in. (laughs) It's just going to happen. Yes. Yes, in our episode of our book that comes out Friday, which is, I'm just going to spoil it for Spoiler. everyone. Who can care? It is Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And she, she talks beautifully about exactly the subject, whether we think we have them or not. We have biases and she explains how, why, and by the way, you can be such an amazing, good, wonderful person and still admit I have biases. Yes. I have racism in me. I have patriarchal or misogynistic thoughts in me. I will say that. I will say that right now. I feel like I'm a pretty okay person. And I, I'm not a racist, but I have racism indoctrinated in yes. me, right? From the way I grew up. I am not a misogynist, but I have a lot of misogynistic thoughts in me about how women should look or behave or feel because as Glennon says in that book, just by walking around outside and breathing in poison, you will have poison air in your lungs, even if you are not the person poisoning the air. I mean, not me. I'm perfect and I'm fine, but um, everybody else does. You're perfect. Okay. So also in your medium to hard, um, depending on your tolerance level, uh, we invite you to volunteer and get involved with organizations doing this work. So I'm going to speak about two that I've had experience with and exposure to. So there's white people for black lives, which is, uh, and showing up for racial justice. White people for black lives is exactly what it is. It is a space for white people to figure out how they can best support black people. Often, as we'll hear about when we cover white fragility in a few weeks, often what happens in these conversations is that as Missy was mentioning, the topic moves away from supporting black people and it moves on to centering the, uh, around white people, either their anger or sadness or guilt or whatever it is, or white woman's tears about having offended a black person. And so we never get to the root of the issue. Um, and there's a lot mm-hmm. of reasons for that. And, um, the woman who wrote that book, uh, Robin D'Angelo really discusses it in depth and it's fascinating, but by working with an organization whose sole purpose is to be a space for white people, um, then we kind of eliminate that problem and we can stay focused and stay on task. And it's a space where you can become educated uh, um, without be- being afraid of, um, you know, offending a, a person of color in the room. You know, you can make mistakes that, that is, that is removed. You still are going to become educated and be held accountable, but mm-hmm. it takes some of that, uh, uh, kind of anxiety for people away. And it means that you are not asking 
black people who have enough to deal with in the world to do the labor of educating you and making you feel comfortable. That is work that you can and should be doing on your own. That is one of the best ways that you can start showing up and supporting. You can literally show up for the movement in your living room by doing research on your own. So typically those um, organizations will help you understand the systemic racism that exists, understand how to confront it, and then give specific activities or projects that they're working on. In specific, I'll give an example for one, showing up for racial justice. Now that's an organization that is open to anybody, regardless of, of race, but, um, predominantly, I I think it's inherent that it's white people who need to show up for racial justice because we're not experiencing racial injustice. Um, At the beginning of the pandemic, they set a goal to have 1000 conversations with surge members. um, And particularly in Kentucky, where there was one prison, it was called the Green River Prison, where the coronavirus rate kept increasing, 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 and it was getting up to like 60% between inmates and staff. And they wanted, they wanted to pressure the governor to release um, nonviolent inmates and inmates who he released, he released some, but then they wanted some more. So they organized these phone banks and I signed up. It was a three hour time span. We had an hour and a half of like training and welcoming and learning their structure of how they have these calls. Um, and then I had like an hour to make calls to what I would call friendlies. If you've ever phone banked for a campaign before, people who were members of the organization. So it wasn't like cold calling. And um, I had two meaningful conversations with people and I got them to commit to calling the governor. I got them to commit to engaging in some drive-by protests because it was during, we had to socially distance. So they were going to drive by. <laughs> um, and I got one to commit to doing another phone bank. So like uh, that was me what I did from the safety and social distance of my home with my time, with my phone. Um, and it was really unique. And I felt like there are people, you know, 3000 miles away that are going to die in this, you know, prison because there's no healthcare. There's no, and what can I do? Here was something I could do. It took three hours of my time. I learned something. I met people around the country and it was really wonderful. Now, that may be really uncomfortable for people. Linda Linky hates making phone calls, but like we learned in citizen, uh, we will learn, we will learn in a citizen's guide to defeating Trump, which will come out in July. Let an organization know how you can volunteer with them. If making phone calls gives you crippling anxiety, don't do it. Um, see if you can maybe, uh, you know, craft communication or something like that. There's ways for you to participate no matter what your strengths are. Absolutely. And every effort counts. So again, free yourself from the feeling that you have to be perfect to do this. Commit to what you can and do your best and and stay in the fight. And then as far as some of the more difficult ones go, but very important Call your reps when you see an injustice and urge them to hold the perpetrators accountable. You, you, there are many websites who will tell you how to contact your reps. One app program website that I love is ResistBot. Mm -hmm. ResistBot, you sign up one time, it takes 30 seconds. They will literally 
text you about issues and say, do you want to contact your reps? And you say yes. And they go, great. What do you want to say? I've already drafted something for you. And then you just sign your name to it. And literally, you can do this while you are pooping. Uh, not to say I have. No, never. I never look at my phone in the bathroom. That's disgusting. That's to, Who would do that? What kind of a monster? <laughs> Lisa. Future toilets will 100% have space for phones and tablets to be held. Yeah. But, but it takes, it takes, when I say seconds, I mean truly less than 10 seconds and, and you're contacting your reps and it's right there in the palm of your hands. You don't even have to think about it. You don't have to follow the news and it will let you know. So resist bot, well, that a link to that is also in show notes. And then Lisa and I think this is probably the most effectual thing to do or one of the most, but the hardest, longest term, right? We, First of all, vote. vote, vote every time. In addition to that, volunteer to help black men and women, indigenous people and people of color to be elected to office. Even if that means you come in and frame the posters that are going to be hung up, you drop off a batch of cookies, you phone bank, you come in to take out the trash for them after the day is done, whatever that volunteering might look like for you volunteer to help more diverse people get elected to to office. It is the only way we are going to see real long-term meaningful change in this way. So that's a small smattering of steps that you can take from a few seconds to a lifetime uh, engagement. And we don't know everything. We're just sharing what we've learned thus far with you in the hopes that you too will be on this journey with us. Yeah. We know this isn't perfect, but uh, Lisa very lovingly gave me permission to to <laughs> feel okay about this mini-sode and, and say you don't have to be perfect because there's not really a way to be perfect. No. But even now, speaking up and saying, hey, Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And what's happening in our country is heartbreaking and it's not okay. And it's unsurprising. Yeah. Um, so, so let us know ways that maybe we haven't covered that, that you have found to show up or wonderful organizations and share this episode with family and friends who need to hear it. Again, Lisa and I are white women. We are tackling this from the lens that we have and we are going to do our best to show up every day in whatever way that might look like imperfectly over and over again. Yeah. So, and we're grateful that you're listening and we hope wherever you are, you are staying safe from coronavirus. You are uh, working to survive just as hard as you can. And that we're all kind of processing this state that our country is in as best we can in the most supportive way that we can for those that are feeling the most oppressed. Yeah. And we're, we're so, so grateful to everyone listening. Practice a lot of self-care. Yeah. And with that, life Life is abundant. Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less, was produced by Misty Stinnett, Lisa Linky, and Matt Sav. Our theme song was also written by Matt Sav. He's amazing. <laughs> do you want to get in touch? You do. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And you know you can also find us on the social medias, Instagram at gohelpyourselfpodcast, Twitter at Podcast, or check out our website, gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. And if you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes to help other people discover our show. It's really the least you can do. And why don't you tell all of your friends? Bye! Bye.